good scent gives birth to love and life. We foster passion to grow geniuses which lift humanity. And tailor technology to preserve liberty in balance with nature. Welcome, Welcome to Radical. Welcome to Radical, ladies and gents. I am your host, Shane Hazel. Thank you guys for all being here. Uh, I have a wonderful guest for you today. Uh, but first, some quick announcements. If you are a supporter of the show and you love the show, uh, you can do it all through Cash App. Uh, the cash tag is Shane Hazel. Uh, we have departed ways with all of the, the fiats uh, out there. We're trying to keep this as Bitcoin-centric as possible and Bitcoin only. Uh, so if you would like to support the show, Cash App, and the cash tag is Shane Hazel. Uh, for anything that you need to do in terms of contacting me, Shane at uh, Shane Hazel or Shane, ha Shane at Radical Pod, uh, you can reach me there. If you are looking into becoming uh, a, a more of a, of a Bitcoiner, if, if we have piqued your interest and you are now seeing what's going on with the Fed, uh, with Jerome Powell raising rates, with the bank bailouts that are just going to be nonstop printing uh, for inflation. You're going to have a banking crisis and inflation all in your hands all at the same time. Uh, and this is going to end in CBDCs. So to protect yourself, if you need help learning Bitcoin, uh, you can go to RadicalPod.com slash the Bitcoin Maximalist and sign up and we'll get you uh, a lot of help in understanding Bitcoin so that you can make some key decisions uh, with your finances and get rid of the dollar, which is complete trash. Um, other announcements, the Great Create. The Great Create is the uh, Libertarian Party convention here in Georgia this year. I will be down there uh, on the 12th speaking about Bitcoin and talking about liberty and peace and love and all that other great stuff that uh, is better for humanity and society uh, that, that Bitcoin does. And we're going to talk about that a lot today, too. But you can get your tickets at thegreatcreate.org. Uh, and I think that's going to wrap it up. Oh, in Miami, I'm going to be there. Uh, just found out that I'm going to go uh, by Miami. Uh, we're going to be there for uh, Bitcoin 2023. Hope to see you guys there. Probably going to be there the 16th through the 20th. So if you're around and you need uh, to, to do whatever, you want to want to meet up, let me know. Uh, I'll be down there. So my guest today is a very talented, and I mean brilliant, and I say that in this space with a lot of brilliant people. Uh, I found her work uh, last late last year, and I was just like, wow, where where has this been? Uh, she is a PhD in, uh, in, in psychology and human development. Uh, her name is Nozomi Hayasi. She is a major contributor to Bitcoin Magazine, a uh, prolific writer in the Bitcoin space. I am absolutely thrilled to have you here, Nozomi. Welcome. Thank you for having me and thank you for your kind words. Oh, no. Well-earned. Well-earned. I, I appreciate you uh, coming in here with me and, and talking about uh, all of these things. We, we were talking a little bit behind uh, the scenes before we got started mm -hmm. here. Um, you you really encapsulate and make easy uh, to understand a space which a lot of is is driven by engineers, uh, by the tech side, zeros and ones. That is, I don't know, maybe somewhat stale for some people. Um, the psychology, the human development, our ancestry, our future, the the love, the peace, the depth, the correction in how we interface as a human species and you make it extremely accessible but also with such a, a great 
foundation. Um, when, when and how did you come to Bitcoin um, and, and started applying everything that you had already you know, learned about? Well, I first found out about Bitcoin at the end of 2010, around that time when WikiLeaks used, used it to circumvent the financial blockade. Um, and so, you know, the introduction to Bitcoin was um, not, you know, I mean, I immediately saw uh, sensitive resistance as a core feature of Bitcoin and what it can do. And it's not uh, just, typical, you know, typical money. I mean, it's, it's a revolutionary tool. You know that could that could change the world. You know, and then I always um, and initially, like you know, just like everybody else, you know, when people find out about Bitcoin, the first thing they do is that they would learn about fiat system, how fiat system works, how money works, and then how you know the existing financial system functions as an instrument of control. So we learn more about uh, the programs, you know, basically how how this fiat system works, right? Which we don't really think about. Somehow, I think the knowledge has been kept away. You know, people tend to kind of focus on programs in the political arena. You know, maybe changing changing uh, politicians. You know, uh, electing the right officials. Maybe we can have uh, some changes. But the program really lies in in the in money. You know, unless we change how the, the, the financial system works at, at the fundamental way and how the economic forces are used to manipulate us. We cannot really, you know, solve problems. So um, my, um, you know, introduction to Bitcoin quickly led me to study a philosophy of cypherpunks. And that was just uh, really eye-opening to me. And uh, as someone who studied psychology, you know, I was always interested in human nature. I always, you know, um, was interested in the psychological, philosophical aspect of it, and um, and I want, I, I felt like maybe the reason why the world doesn't work the way that we want, uh, we want it to be, the, the the reason why that we have wars and and destruction and um, you know greed of the few, basically um, dominating the world. It's you know initially I thought it was maybe because we don't have an accurate vision of humanity. We don't know who we are, you know. So once we know who we are, uh, both uh, our dark and and uh, uh, light side, you know, both negative and positive, then we can maybe find a way to uh, checks and balance of our own actions, you know. Um, but then I soon found out that it's not solution cannot be found in the in the psychology department because now what's happening is is the the economic forces and techs uh, te technology are deployed to um, control control us and and not only control us basically fundamentally uh, defines you know who we are as human beings so then immediately I you know it was just eye-opening to recognize the cypherpunks, so what cypherpunks do, that they are ones with technical skills. They they can use cryptography as a tool to basically re-engineer the system that is aligned with who we are as human beings, that are aligned with laws of human nature. And and you know, it's 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 a psychologist, you know, debating and talking about. Uh, the, the what human being is, it's it, it's so ineffective. It itself doesn't do anything. So 
I immediately shifted my focus from studying and, and you know, about human nature or trying to maybe teach people about who we are to getting into the Bitcoin space and somehow uh, help uh, distribute this technology uh, and, and, and that way that we could uh, basically create, create a new currency, you know, that drives us to, you know, go back to who we are as, as uh, human beings, you know, which is, in my opinion, is, is aligned, you know, aligned with laws of nature and that, that we are part of nature. And, you know, the problem of, of our society is the fact that we are disconnected from nature. Mm. Um, and, you know, we have to find a way to go back to nature without losing what we have accomplished, you know, without losing scientific knowledge and technology and then all of that modernity has brought, you know, so somehow transform it and then, you know, we go back to go back to home, I guess. Yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a really interesting point is, you know, this this Bitcoin technology that mm-hmm. arose at really what a what an amazing uh, time that it just kind of was like, oh, yes. you know, like we're going to we're going to put this in now. We were I think we we're in the beginning stages of social media. You know what I'd consider this the beginning stages of social media. You, you were you, you were dealing with like, probably Facebook at the time was big. Twitter was probably just getting off of the ground. We had just gone through uh, the the collapse in 2008. Uh, and right. when what what we were seeing at the time, and I don't think we really recognized it because it was such a free for all, um, mm-hmm. is the technocrats and the bureaucrats and the banks. Um, the, the really what you know we should probably call the the, the plutocrats. Mm-hmm. Um, these very elite type of people got mm-hmm. together and they started using all these different methods mm-hmm. of control and what you you know what you talked about there and I think uh, very high level is you know turning not not only not only understanding yourself from a, a philosophical point you know in humanism you, you've made a few uh, points in the past where. Um, you know, a lot of the ancients looked to the world around them uh, to help understand who they were uh, as as people. And I think a lot of great Eastern uh, thinkers and philosophers were looking at what was inside of them and how that connection was um, with nature to better to better be understood. Uh, people like uh, Yuval Harari, uh, yeah, yes. one of the, one of one of the guys I think is probably one of the most evil men on earth. Um, thinks that through technology, they know you better than you know you. Mm-hmm. Can you expand on that just for a, a minute? You know, I think um, someone like um, uh, Yuval, I mean Yuval Harari, um, he has a different. Uh, well, he has a, a view of humanity based on kind of like a mechanistic, mechanics, mechanistic view of nature and the universe. And, and you're looking at human beings as part of technology. So if you dig into you know, his work, then you, you recognize quickly that how, how he uh, uses this metaphor of technology to describe human beings. For instance, like he, he says like feelings are algorithms, you know, biochemical algorithms. Yeah. And therefore, you, know, you, know, you can control, you can manipulate or control and then for him, it's what he posted is is something called the uh, t- uh, data religion. You know, uh, 
techno technology as a religion and 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 using data and saying the data big data companies like amazon knows about you more than yourself you know and uh, instead of you asking you know uh teachers or parents or friends or you know asking for advice but you should ask google you know or or you should ask uh, Amazon, so they, they tell you which books to read and they would tell you who to marry, uh, what kind of jobs that you should get, you know. And, and so fundamentally, um, because that the, these people, I, I think you, you brought, I mean, he, Harari is just the one of the representatives, I think, the spokesperson uh, who pushes this, this viewpoint. And I, you know, I don't treat him as an evil person. I think, it, you know, he has different perspective that has its its own validity in my opinion you know but it, it's it's but it's certainly different than mine uh and now i think what bitcoin presents is an alternative to that vision and that we are giving the choice to choose you know who want, we want to become you know how we define human beings uh our human beings are ones that have its own autonomy free will and can uh with, you know, can uh, derive wisdom from our own intuition or our human beings are part of like robot, basically, who, who are made to be automaton and uh, need to rely on uh, big tech companies. Um, you know, so that's a choice, I think. And uh, it's, I mean, I, I think, thank God, I mean, we, we now have Bitcoin because we now have alternative to that vision, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think, for me, the feelings is a fundamentally important aspect of what makes us human, you know. And uh, I think it was E.E. E. Cummings who uh, wrote a um, letter to a young poet or so, you know, advice to a poet, advice to a young poet, I think. So that was the title of uh, his, uh, his uh, writing. But he said something about um, everybody, everybody is taught to sing. You know, but no one can make, no one can teach you how to feel. And I think that's so true. You know, we can go to school, we can learn to think in a certain way, we can have ideas and that, but you know, no one can, no one can make you or teach you how to feel because we, we know how to feel. That's something that is based on our own experience, that is based on something that makes us unique human beings. And that I have my own, genuine authentic way of feeling and and understanding the world through the feeling that no one else can have and 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 that's because i am the one who you know living inside this body experiencing life uh, as a unique human being which is different than you you know different than other person who is doing the same so i think that our capacity to feel is is a very very important thing, and it's 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 the core, in my opinion, of what makes us human. And so the Harari to say that there is no such thing as feeling, you know, feelings are uh, biochemical algorithms, and and we can program to make you feel in a certain way, and even manipulate you. You know, I mean, that's that's to me the fundamental violation, in my opinion. Uh, and but you know, but he's a, he's a, he's a perspective, and you know he should just do whatever he wants to do with it. You know, but um, yeah, I I, th I think it's troubling to me to hear him say things like that.
Yeah, it, it's a it's a big problem, especially mm-hmm. with the amount of fiat power he has behind him and who he is hand in hand with. If, if mm-hmm. for the audience, if you don't know who uh, Harari is, uh, Yuval Harari works hand in hand with the WEF, uh, Charles uh, Klaus Schwab. Uh, and, and the IMF and the rest of these uh, NGOs that are out there that are trying to pull off the Great Reset and you know New World Order and all that fun stuff. So, um, not not so much a conspiracy as it is just playing on its face. And to your point, um, you know, it's, often, a, it's a fact. It's not conspiracy. I mean, it's it's you know, it's all in in the open. Yeah, you know? I, I've yeah. said it a, a million <laughs> times. If I've said it once on this show, um, that you know a you know a conspiracy doesn't isn't necessary when you have overlapping interests and that was george carlin mm-hmm. that said that oh i love george carlin yeah yeah beautifully said um mm-hmm. with what to to emphasize what you just talked about you know this this feeling is mm-hmm. fundamental to being human and and I, I will tell you you know the, the marine corps here in the united states had its way with me um and really tried to do its best job at uh suppressing feeling uh, and putting mission first. And I will tell you, you know, as one of those guys that was out there uh, on the front lines and a lot of really bad stuff, you still, even, you know, especially in those situations, feelings still kind of come up, you know, and mm-hmm. you can suppress them, you can bury them down, you're exactly. going to deal with them later on in life. It's just, there's, you know, there's a, a, trauma, a traumatic event. And I don't think there's anything that, you know, uh, Harari and his crowd can supply mm-hmm. to us through algorithms uh, or pills or anything else for that mm-hmm. matter that they could get their hands on for algorithms that is going to bring us what I think you're alluding to is the peace and the love and the connectedness to our fellow man and, and consent uh, mm-hmm. and pride from working together in collaboration versus mm-hmm force and coercion um, yes go ahead and, and, and you know and when we talk about feelings it's a kind of tricky thing because you know i mean people just say i feel this way or that but how much is that really authentic feeling that's that's i think a lot of feelings that we experience nowadays are fabricated it's it's and we we think of them as kind of authentic and then we are we feel like doing this or that but we don't realize how much we actually uh, catering to somebody's need or tuning into somebody's feelings, or it, it's it's not even your genuine feeling. And and when we talk about consent, consent of the governed or consensus consent, you know, which is a fundamental pillar of democracy, you know, without consent, you know, democratic society doesn't work, right? But what's interesting is that this whole important pillar of consent, you know, the uh, consent process, consensus process has been hijacked and it's it's done by um edward banais i don't know if you know him yeah. but he's the you know freud's nephew and uh, banais uh, understood um oh, okay freud basically what he did was Sigmund uh, freud uh he's a neurologist um and uh, father of psychoanalysis and what he did was that he discovered unconscious right so there is a part of us that is unknown to us so that was a huge discovery, and then his his work has been very very influential uh, in in our you know twentieth century. And what Banet did was he basically took this insight right that there is part of us that is unknown to us and which is called unconscious. And then so he came up with this idea of somehow uh, you know finding a way to have a direct access to the unconscious material 
unconscious desire of, of uh, ordinary people. And then, uh, you know, try to kind of manipulate them to um, create consent. consent. And, uh, and it's called the art of uh, propaganda or PR, you know, and, uh, and this technique, technique has been deployed in advertisement and also uh, not only uh, in, in the commercial arena, but also uh, in the, in, into the political sphere to, um, to have uh, people to support wars, you know, uh, um, or push political agendas. Right. So, and a good example of this is is uh, um, uh, successfully convinced uh, women to smoke cigarette. You know, and mm. uh, and I don't know how they did that. I mean, I'm not going to get into how they did that, but it was kind of a clever way of doing that. And, but the, what's interesting is that basically tapping into this unconscious desire, right? And because we don't know that these unconscious desires exist, we become so defenseless, right? And then when we think about control, like political control, you know, people manipulate you or, you know, there's this uh, force of control that exists in a society and, and, you know, people start to kind of point the fingers at someone, right? These are the, oh, these are the politicians or these are uh, uh, big billionaires or, um, uh, yeah, that they are the ones who are influencing us. But it's actually the force of control is invisible. Right, the invisible influences that is uh, affecting us every day, and it's it's affect us in terms of our thinking, our feeling, you know. So so something internal that we don't have even defense against it because of the fact that it's inside, you know. And and once you know successfully, and, and you know what we have is managed democracy, and that this system of managed democracy by using the consumer capitalism. Uh, to manufacture uh, desires, basically, and then uh, control us from inside out. And then we are, you know, inside the system feeling like we are free. You know, we are free and we are making our own decisions yeah. when actually we are not free and we are being manipulated. And then so so that's like really, I mean, it's so insidious that the way it is done. And what I found interesting is that I was thinking about um, unconscious desires, right? So, what are what are the unconscious desires that we have that have been channeled and and have been tapped into to manipulate us? Which, you know, what's interesting is, um, you know, I wrote a piece about the um, the uh, talking about Bitcoin as uh, consciousness enhancing technology, mm -hmm. and then using the David Hawkins uh, psychiatrist oh. uh, his his book on uh, the force versus uh, power. And then, so he created this chart, you know, the scale of consciousness and that scale um, zero to thousand. And then the, the bottom is uh, shame, a uh, feeling of shame and the guilt. Um, and then anger and going up to uh, love, peace, enlightenment, right? And what I found interesting is that the bottom <laughs> is, is shame. It's not fear. You know, I initially thought that it, sh it should be fear. It's the maybe low vibrational feeling. It's the low feeling, but it's shame. Then, you know, and the guilt, right? And, mm -hmm. um, and then for me, when I kind of start to analyze this more, that I think collectively at the root of um, our civilization, you know, Western civilization, uh, there is this shame, shame and guilt. Uh, the feeling of shame 
and and this is depicted by the uh, Genesis um, story of um, temptation and subsequent uh, expulsion of the paradise, right? The Adam and Eve, you know, uh, Eve was seduced by the snake and, you know, eating apple. And then that led to the fall of humanity, you know, and their eyes are open um, and they know good and evil and that they will be like a God, you know, so, so, so whether you are not brought up uh, as a Christian or but, or not, you know, I mean, it's, it doesn't matter. I just find that the, as an archetype, kind of something that grips our psyche collectively, um, it, that story really depicts something that has happened to us as our kind of like a collective uh, trauma. And that trauma is, you know, one could say it's, it's a, a separation from the divine, separation from the God, or separation from nature, you know. I think it's easier to to maybe describe it as a separation from nature. And the fact that we, more than human beings, that we are separated from nature, we don't live in harmony with nature, and that that there is that uh, separation create a wound, create trauma that we don't even know, you know. Um, and and that um, the, the basically that you know separation creates somehow like we are inadequate, we are not whole, we are not, there's something missing in us, that there is this emptiness and that that creates kind of shame, you know, shame or guilt or something that, you know, that we need to prove our innocence, right? Because like we are punished or we are expelled from this paradise, this state of natural state of being. And somehow, you know, we don't know how this happened, but somehow I think this accompanies the deep, sense of shame and and of course it, you know depending on individuals i mean it's 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 a degree as to which that the people feel shame or uh guilt or you know uh self lack of self-love it's different right some people mm -hmm. are more more you know um not be able to accept themselves than the others but i think overall we have that feeling as an underlying tone of our existence and that this feeling has been basically tapped into by you know those who run the system uh, to manipulate us, you know. So so that basically whether it's a product or whether that is electing the right politician or um, you know buying certain things or whatever, you know, or getting the designers' clothes or um, you know getting a nice car, you know, that we were given the promise like if you purchase this. Uh, you would become whole. You would be accepted. You you would be able to love yourself. You would be beautiful. You would be uh, powerful. You know all of that stuff. And then people are sucked into consumerism, basically. Um, and so that you know, I mean, how can you you know what I mean? So I think for me, once you, we understand the the insidious uh, level of control that is done at the psychological level level, that we can't, you know, and, and that knowledge has not been really, um, you know, given, I think, to public so that, that we become defenseless. You know, we engage in a political effort thinking that they are doing something to change the yeah. world and things like uh, jumping around and doing things. Um, Been there. <laughs> but, but, right, but, but they, they don't understand who they are. They don't understand how that force of control is working inside of you, you know, that the fact that you want to even engage in this, you know, political effort, that itself 
is already manufactured. That was yes. already, you know what I mean? So, so I think it's, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a, something that I am, you know, I'm just now writing a book about this because I realized that this is something, something, you know, I, I, somebody has to tell as a yes. story. So, um, yeah. Jeez. To, to your point, too, and like I, I spent some time in politics. Um, it's one of those things where um, I, you know, the more I found out about the economic system, mm -hmm. the, the less inclined I was to put, you know, my, my efforts into you know, being that 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 spike, that that razor's edge that cuts through the political system. Yes. Because at the end of the day, what we have, and Ron Paul said it really well back in the day, is we have an infection. And that infection mm -hmm. is the money itself. When you, when you introduce this mm -hmm. fiat, uh, proof of stake, centralized control, central economy, um, mm -hmm. what you have is a third party that infects every transaction between people mm -hmm. uh, that is a third party of trust versus two sovereign individuals coming together through commerce and collaboration. And, and I think it's really interesting. You, you, you make the point um, at which you introduced me uh, to Dr. David Hawkins in his yes. scale of enlightenment, which I think is one of yeah, the brilliant. most useful tools for self correction for a lot mm -hmm. of people. Um, when, when we, I think you know, there's so much going on that has been pushed on us in the society uh, where there is shame, right? Whether it's Christianity, yes. whether it's the founding of America, where you had you know women who couldn't vote, you had a mm -hmm. lot of people who were enslaved. Um, you have just you have a you have a country that made a a tremendous stride, but yet fell short of perfection, and so mm -hmm. we're still shame to deal with that as well. How does Bitcoin take us from removing that shame and looking at having the courage to learn, getting rid of, you know, going through that level of fear and guilt um, and, and, and getting to that critical point of vibration of, what is it, 200 yeah. megahertz or whatever? Right, right, right. And so, yeah, right. So, I mean, the, I think the fundamental issue of our civilization is. I think well articulated ironically by Sigmund Freud. You know, uh, he came up with this series um, that, you know, he, that he talks about. That there's this pleasure principle, and um, and then also the reality principle. And by pleasure principle, what he meant is that the infant, for instance, a baby, you know, naturally seek for pleasure, right? Uh, sucking mother's breast. Um, you know, uh, or doing eating chocolate, or th there is, a, we inherently are, are programmed, I mean, are kind of a conditioned uh, by nature to seek for pleasure, right? Um, but then that individual aspiration to seek for pleasure come to conflict with the society. So let's say like, if I wanna, you know, seek for my pleasure and maximize my pleasure, eventually, you know, I have to, maybe my, uh, effort, I mean, my striving uh, or search for pleasure will come in conflict with other person's right to seek for pleasure, right? So then we have to somehow correct our actions. We have to uh, compromise. And then, so that's the, the reality principle. And that, that somehow like, okay, no, you cannot just seek for pleasure, reality check, you have to suppress, you have to find a way to, um, yeah, to, to um, yeah, suppress, repress, you know, um, 
or find a way to to get that in a different way, in in a way that is more harmonious, that doesn't uh, harm other people, which is you know obviously reasonable. And 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 he talks about in his book, uh, civilization and its discontent. He observed that you know, somehow civilization comes in conflict of its nature. The one hand, we have this natural state of being, right? That we are pleasure-seeking animals or creatures. And then, but, but somehow the civilization teaches us, no, no, you have to repress this. You have to socialize and you have to uh, be able to be a, a member, good member of society, you know? Um, and so that creates a tremendous misery and sadness and then making us to be discontent, basically. And what I found interesting is that, um, you know, the research has shown that if, as a baby, so if a parent or mother, uh, okay, primary caregiver, basically, if a primary caregiver uh, gives uh, his or her a child, or, you know, allow them to be who they are, you know, and 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 don't kind of punish punish them early on. So, for instance, if a child doesn't want to socialize with other people, um, if if the parents allow them not to socialize and say it's okay, you can be who you are, you don't have to socialize, you don't have to make friends, uh, you know, that's that's actually a, uh, that's healthy. And then these kids who are um, allowed to basically express themselves freely allow the, 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 their search for pleasure uh, or, you know, uh, healthy narcissistic, narcissistic need are met, you know, allow, allow uh, to, to uh, have their healthy narcissistic uh, need be met, then they will end up becoming an adult who can help other people, who can uh, be empathic and who can do kind things uh, for other people because they are never made to give up you know, they, they were able to get that as much as they want. And that, so they learn to do it out of their freedom, not being coerced, not being forced, not because they are punished or because they are told, but because they they are fully satisfied, you know, and that they, they become a whole person and they be able to, you know, help other people. So that was the kind of observation that was made. Um, and what's happening, I think, in our society is that you know, our uh, need to seek for pleasure has been terminated prematurely. Um, and, and I'm talking about everyone, you know, regardless of wonderful parents that you have had. Um, I don't, you know, all, nobody's perfect. And I think that um, one way or the other, I think the, the uh, people who live in this, uh, you know, Western societies have experienced this deprivation of uh, pleasure seeking principle, I guess, you know, that we were not not allowed to to do things that makes us happy. Um, and and in that relate to the Western uh, dualistic uh, morality, uh, Judeo-Christian dualistic morality of evil and good, you know, that it defines that this is the good thing, good behavior, this is bad behavior, being kind is good, being nice is good, you know, and uh, compassion and collaboration is good, but competing against someone or seeking for your self-interest, these are bad thing, you know. So, so I think that we were already on um, uh, conditioned to kind of, to, to be good and, and suppress the other part of ourselves that, uh, you know, c 
condemned as negative by by the society. And what Bitcoin did was basically, you know, I think Satoshi's genius, I think, in my opinion, is that he brought back the pleasure principle. He basically said, oh, okay, self-interest, you guys are a good thing, you know? And everything, that actually goes uh, relate to the Native Americans' um, philosophy as well, you know? The old forces of nature, you know, it's all whole, it's wholeness, it's one, you know, it's, you cannot like, the, the Native Americans concept of a peace, for instance, it's include war, you know, how could war be part of a peace, right? It's, it's contradictory, but because they see uh, everything as a whole that cannot be um, put against one another, can, cannot be divided into opposition and uh, which contrasted with the, um, you know, Western Judeo-Christian view of the universe, right? So there is this force of good, there is force of evil, and that it is op opposite uh, forces, you know, are kind of fighting against each other or something. Um, but so what, what Satoshi did was that it's, it's okay to, he, yeah, he basically, or he, he or she, embraced all that is human. Uh, and and to find a way to actually um, having the the self interest as a basis as a foundation. Um, so if you look at the Bitcoin uh, Bitcoin system, you see miners are greedy. You know, uh, miners are allowed to be greedy, and everybody is allowed to be greedy as much as we want. You know, but somehow it leads to altruism because once we are allowed to to express ourselves freely. Um, somehow, you know, th there isn't anything that is being repressed, and that um, it does magic, you know. And and that I think our civilization was, I, I think, afraid of embracing all that is human, and that they wanted to, you know, people. I mean, we. I mean, the, our ancestors. I think. Uh, in in the West, I think they wanted to control. You know, they wanted to they wanted to be good. I think you know, and and that good concept of good was built um, in opposition to that concept of bad. You know, evil. And um, I don't know if this makes sense, but yes, it's, it's yeah. So mm -hmm. I, I yeah. So I think that that we have to redefine self interest and uh, what has been condemned by our society as as selfishness you know and accept them as part of ourself um and that doesn't mean like you know like people might say oh god if we allow greed if we allow self-interest and all of that stuff then we're gonna have a chaos and you know the we're gonna distract the this planet and things no it, it won't you know it's it's just it's find a way you know the, the, everything just become transparent and that once we make our actions be transparent and honest, you know, which Bitcoin uh, promote, Bitcoin promote honesty, you know, then we can find a way to um, regulate ourselves, you know, uh, and because the old things that are inside of us, you know, that, that are shunned away from our consciousness, uh, being judged as negative or bad or you know, whatever, you know, they do not disappear. You know, what it does is that it's basically hide you know underneath our consciousness and then trying to find a way in a very manipulative unhealthy way and that's what we are seeing right so because uh, that we, we deny 
these aspects and, and do not include them as part of what it means to be human, yes. you know, experience of what it means human. Some people find a way to do it secretly, right? So it's good to just to get everything out in the open in a transparent network and then find a way to hold ourselves accountable through, you know, peer-to-peer decentralized network, you know? Yes. So I think it's brilliant that, what, yeah, what Satoshi did uh, in this regard. I think you, I think you make a, a lot of good points here around, uh, you know, what I'll call duality. Yes. Um, du- duality in this respect of mankind, I think, is something um, that you, we, we want to simplify things. You know, the human brain filters. Yeah, it's, it's an ego, ego, you know, left, left the brain function, which is important. You know, we need to have that, you know, yes. distinction, good and evil. But that's not all about it, right? It's, it's, um, there's something bigger that encompasses that division, yeah. you know, good it, and it, evil. To your point mm-hmm. with like the ingenious part of what Satoshi did here, mm-hmm. um, when when we look at this duality and to, to your point is, you know, when we're looking at, you know, what is the goal of the human species? The mm-hmm. human species goal is, I think, probably to prolong the human species. Yes. Um, and, and how do we do that? Well, the best way to do that is probably not to destroy each other. The best way right. um, is to to look at this and see how do we make e- how do we make each other better? And then that long term goal, which a lot of people think are crazy, right? Is, <laughs> is like Elon's got it or, you know, right. he's like, hey, how are we going to get off this rock mm-hmm. and expire? Right. And so right. the that promotes what I think in what we talk about on this show a lot is like, well, we're going to need geniuses. Well, how do, mm-hmm. how do we build genius? Mm-hmm. What we have to do is we have to allow passion to just rage. And we have yes. to, with without hurting, you know, like. Yes, yes, right. Opt in. And I think that's what Bitcoin does so beautifully. Mm-hmm. You're talking about is like, you have left brain people, you have right brain people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up with a, a brother who was left-handed. I was very mm-hmm. right-handed. Uh, I have a, a son that's left-handed and, you know, my, my dad and my, my brother being, you know, fire and gasoline growing up to watch it play out and to see, Hey, yeah. look, you guys are both right. Yeah. Um, you guys just have a different way of approaching this. So you leave him alone. He'll leave you alone. Right, and you guys right. let this genius happen. Yes. That's what Bitcoin allows. Right. And when you have this, this mechanism that says you can opt out of the system you can be mm-hmm. your own bank right. you, can, you can pursue your own interest mm-hmm. and then over time you see that people who opted in early mm-hmm. have this ability to give back to to help you know directly without waste and fraud and abuse yes. go out there and lift these geniuses mm-hmm. up wow, let's right. go i mean i think the beauty of bitcoin is consensus the rule of consensus and that's i think aligned with the laws of nature because you know somehow i think you know people in the west i mean including myself i think i don't know where i got it but i felt like maybe i have to be nice i have to be kind and polite and cooperative and you know all of that stuff you know empathic and compassionate and loving that's indoctrination right (laughs) but but what's interesting is that where does that come from? You know, there is no law that says you have to be nice or there is no law that says you have to be empathic. And I think what we have is a distorted yeah. vision of love. You know, the love as a concept has been so distorted and somehow it's associated with compassion, empathy, kindness and stuff like that. But it, no, it's not. You know, it's it's actually love is funded on freedom. And I, I think it, it's the principle, the foundation of the principle of consensus. 
and and the, what the laws of nature says is it's just you know basically the the principle of consensus is that no one is forced to do things against their will so no force involved no coercion you know it's it's the freedom the law of freedom is 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 um is is a law of nature you know so i don't know where we got this you know somehow yeah i think that you know somebody misinterpreted the bible or something that some oh we need to be kind we need to do this and that you know be empathic and things you know no you know you can seek for your pleasure you can seek for your self-interest as long as it does not harm other people it's that simple do no harm and uh you know abide yourself by the the consensus rules that's it you know it's simple right so some yeah that's an interesting thing and a bitcoin brings that i mean yes. simple you know it's a root of a consensus everybody nobody's forced to be a part of this network <laughs> everybody's choosing it you know and then i think that now we have alternatives so if somebody wants to join the cbdc network you know go for it you know yeah. i mean no one has to join <laughs> Bitcoin network. Simple, right? <laughs> exactly you know i mean you have a right to experience surveillance and tyranny you know our dystopia i mean that's your right you know if you, if you reclaim that right and enjoy dystopia you know so i think and and we do have you know those who want to have a different network different type of society you know we now have bitcoin as an alternative and you know and then when you choose to be a part of a consensus network of course you know th th there are rules that you have to um obey but but it's not really like you know no one is uh imposing that on you you know it's, you can Yes, it's out of your your free will. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think our mutual friend Alex Fesky uh, says yes. it very well, right? <laughs> if you have skin in the game in Bitcoin, you're going to either play by the rules or you're going to get run over by the rules. <laughs> um, right. and, 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 and it's yes. exactly right. So right. I, I've only got about 15 more minutes, and I really kind of want to dork out here with shamanism. Okay. Um, <laughs> you have studied shamanism. Um, uh, of, of Native Americans uh, yes. uh, here. And this this concept of looking within, being one, um, mm -hmm. and the, the spirituality of this, I think, is something that plays so perfectly into a revolution of uh, spirituality here for, for everybody. Yes. Um, can you can can you take me down this rabbit hole? Um, yeah. How, how did you first get into shamanism? Um, um, yeah. So you know, I think it was uh, um, around 2015 or yeah, late 2015 or early 2016, I guess. I had a very traumatic experience that kind of almost destroyed me. Like you know, mm -hmm. I yeah, to kind of drive me to commit to suicide, I guess, you know, and it kind of opened up, um, yeah, like wound that I had that I didn't know, you know, and that was related to my grand grandmother and my grandmother passed up, passed away. Um, I think it was like in 2009, but I had, so, so, you know, I had no idea how her life and her unfinished business or wishes, I think desires were lived through me, you know, and I, I was looking at my, my life and then, and then trying to understand and, and become aware of her life, that how 
interestingly, there is a parallel. It's like, wow, I am basically repeating my grandmother's life, you know, and the desires that I saw I had, that's not even mine. It's her desire that, that, that somehow being carried by me, you know? And uh, so, 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 you know, and that trauma I experienced uh, was generational trauma. That was not like, you know, something necessarily happened in this lifetime, you know, but I mean, with me, you know, it was something that is experienced by my grandmother. And then I'm sure it was probably experienced by her parents, you know, uh, somewhere down the line. And I was just so astonished. It's like, wow, you know, that, there, you know, when we talk about this hidden influence or whatever, I mean, I never thought that what I thought of this, my motives or desires were not my own alone and that or influenced in one way or the other. Uh, so that kind of opened up, um, yeah, open open up my eyes to um, study, dig into the material that is outside of conventional psychology or, um, yeah, uh, and, and that kind of led me to shamanism. And that what I found interesting is that I kind of learned to um, do the shamanic meditation and drumming and then all of that stuff. I don't know if you are familiar with that uh, process, uh, but basically it, it kind of uh, changes your consciousness. You enter into this altered state of consciousness and you kind of, you know, are able to, in, in this shamanistic journey, you are able to kind of go back to the childhood or, or you know, you, you, you find this, uh, uh, your um, guide, you know, the animals uh, that, kind of, um, you know, you, maybe Jungian psychologists would talk about it as like a metaphor or symbols that are, that are, uh, that have effect at the deep psychological level at, at their psyche, you know, but, but something happens in that journey that changes things, you know, in, in a way that I cannot really describe, you know, that um, I, th I, and then I find this effective, like no amount of therapies or um, would suffice, I mean, can, can, compete with that, I think, you know, it's, it's um, the effect of, uh, therapeutic effect was so profound. And it's, it's not, um, you know, it's not something like, oh, wow, you know, I feel better. You know, I can <laughs> just go back to, you know, my work. It's not like that. It's, it's really profoundly yeah. changes how you look at the world, you know, and for me, I, it was like, uh, my own kind of like, love it for experience, you know, that, it, it's it's I started to recognize that I have been hypnotized, you know, living in this modern society, I, I, I was hypnotized to think myself in a certain way, you know, and my identification with, you know, this Japanese person named Nozomi and everything, like it's really peels off layers of your identity, you know, and step by step that, that you start to question who you are, you know, I don't know if you, if you have, if you have done any shamanistic uh, journey, I mean, yeah, I've uh, I've I've used psilocybin to do it, and uh, mm. you know, I've 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 gone all the way up past seven and a half grams now in terms of some of these trips. And what's what's really amazing uh, mm. to me is we we have some acreage out here, and there's a forest of about two thousand acres, and behind me I have uh, native Cherokee land. Uh, oh. that has what I think are megaliths on it. Uh, there are bent trees all over the place. And we take guys out here and we do this kind of practice where 
you know, it's, it's deep meditation at first. And then mm-hmm. there is a, uh, you know, kind of what I'll call just phase two, um, mm-hmm. where when you're out of the initial spirit guide and yes, you are, yes. you know, which maybe I should pause and reflect on that for a second, that, that phase one, that mm-hmm. very deep, it's a, it's a shortcut, right? Is it's a, it's a meditation shortcut if mm-hmm. it's done correctly. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and I think it, for anybody that's out there listening like this, I don't recommend this for anybody. I definitely don't recommend you do this by yourself. Like this is something that I think you need a shaman, a, a real no kidding guide in these kind of things, but to be yeah. able to ground into earth and to be connected to nature and give it this space in the time that it really commands. And, and I mean that with such mm-hmm. respect, um, this is something that does change you. This is something yes, that yes. shows you empathy, that shows you that that, that connectedness between each other mm-hmm. that is that that makes you pause. It makes you slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like, like I said, you, you you have your own journey, and you, mm-hmm. you have that internal recognition of what was corrupted yes. um, along the way how you fix that you have these internal conversations and you can see what you have to fix mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. some people don't want to do that and i you know i find, i'm sure that's very very hard for a lot mm-hmm. of people and work. i think i think that you know there is benevolent spirit and that there is a spirit world and i think that yeah. that you know the world that we have this material material world that's just the one part of our consciousness and there is vastly large you know consciousness out there yeah and that this i i guess i have to emphasize on the fact that this is what uh, the great reset team you know they wanted to serve our ties to the spirit world that they wanted to deny anything uh that cannot be uh experienced through our five senses uh th- that cannot be explained by uh left brain you know rational thinking they they want to deny it and and you know they, they, yeah kind of relegated as like childhood imagination or you are having psychosis or something like that, you know? But no, you know, I think that, that there is this spirit world and that they have, they, they, they support us, you know, and the human beings coexist with them and that these benevolent spirit that they are, they have vested interest in us and they want human beings to succeed. They want us to, um, you know, transform this place into a planet of love and freedom. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, and then we have the aid, you know, on the other side. And so, yeah, well, so I think that's part of it, you know. And I, th- I think finally science is, you know, science and spirituality are starting to catch up. Yes, yes, quantum physics, uh, for instance. Yes, um, because everything's yes. energy, right? Yes, so yes. When you tap into this, uh-huh. when you when you go and meditate, and if, you, if you're going right, to use meditation, the time, yes. What happens in your brain during those times? Yes. You probably vouch for this. Is there is a partition that keeps your left and right brain right. from communicating the way it mm-hmm. does, and it also filters all the energy that's coming right. in from different sources, whether you see it now mm-hmm. or the quantum field or any of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And exactly. so, if you're, right? If you're yes. open to that, you can connect to anything you think you want to connect to. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it just becomes, all right, what do you want to do here? What What do you want to do in terms of meditation? What do you want to do in terms of this life? How do you want to proceed in 
passion and changing and helping and lifting. And I think to your point, mm. you know, that's where Bitcoin becomes love yes. because if you can help yes. people understand that mission, mm-hmm. now you can help people have a passion and grow it and say, look, I don't care where you do it. I don't care what part of the rabbit hole you go down. If mm-hmm. that's your passion, go and do it as hard and as as, as much as you can without mm-hmm. hurting other people. And I think right. uh, to- And the universe is, in my opinion, filled with magic, magic and miracle, yeah. you know, and that we have synchronicity, things like synchronicity, right? Um, and so, you know, I mean, we live in a vast, I mean, magical universe. And this is something that, that you know, the opponent or, you know, that they wanted to create their own universe, which is based on cause and effect and that they could control things and they could eliminate all of, you know, magical, uh, miraculous moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, we're getting right up on an hour here, uh, Nazimi, and I, I hope someday you, you will come back and we mm-hmm. can have more conversations. Are you going to be at Bitcoin 2023? I decided not to go. <laughs> not coming down. Huh? Yeah, not, yeah. Um, I, I was planning to go, but decided not to. Yeah. Well, I will tell you. You know, if you would, you have back, a good time. Um, yeah. Hopefully, you have a good time. This is not the the last you will hear uh, from Nazami on, on this on this program because I think the world needs a lot more of this. And I need they. I think they need to be able to speak about it um, with bravery and with passion and you know with confidence that. This is something that's going to help us along the way. And, um, you know, I want to thank you so much for all the work that you have done in the space that you're continuing to do uh, and and spending time here. You know, I, I know your time is very valuable, but, you know, this voice has got to reach as many people as possible. So thank you uh, for having me, really. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. It looks like uh, people can donate and support you on uh, NazomiHayasi.com, which I will put in the show links. Is there oh, any other you. way? Where we're where we can help you out um yeah there is the donation the bitcoin wallet on my uh, website so if you like to donate some you know send me some chats then i welcome yeah i welcome and and then follow me on twitter at nozomi imagine i will put these all in the show notes um there is so much ladies and gents that she has produced go out there uh, and I will I will put links to to all of it. So uh, go out there and support this uh, really brilliant woman. Thank you again for your time. Thank you for having me. Thank you for your effort. Thank you. Um, ladies and gents, uh, I will see you around Georgia, uh, May 12th down at the Great Create. Uh, and in Miami down there, I guess the 16th through the 20th. Uh, have a great night. I will see you back here later this week. Sorry, we got a late start this week. Uh, until then, I love you. I need you. Peace. Oh, don't hurt people and don't take this stuff.